Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Movie Bell Podcast. We are in a new year, but I guess it's the same us. No resolutions here for me. Um, but this time on the pod, we are talking about our most anticipated movies of 2024, the ones that hopefully will not get pushed. We'll see. Fingers crossed. I feel like that's been the norm for the past couple years doing this episode on the pod, but we will we will figure that out. But joining me this time, uh, first we have Colin Willis. What's going on, buddy? I am so excited to talk about Madam Web and the entire uh, <laughs> Sony Sony universe. I mean, Craven. Just I don't need a top ten. I have a top two. My top ten was actually just those two alternating back and <laughs> forth. I'm really really excited, you know, because she was in the Amazon studying spiders, and it's very important. <laughs> yeah, her web connects them all. It's it's going to be insane. <laughs> Well, I will guarantee that'll be the last bad of web uh, mentioned on this podcast. Uh, but also joining me is Spencer Henderson. What's going on, man? I'm excited to be here talking about Arthur the King. <laughs> yes, the good Marky Mark, the good Marky Mark joint. I love it. The, He's... Yeah, the dog movie coming out. Did y'all see? Uh, I'm gonna. Excited. I'm. I'm just like throwing this podcast off the rails already. Did y'all see that movie he had on Apple TV? It was called like The Family Plan or something like that. With like Michelle Monaghan was in it. No. Am I crazy? This was a movie that exists in the world, I swear. And apparently when did it I, come out? I think like in December at some point. So if you <laughs> were to out ask, there. if you were to say there's a movie that's titled The Family Plan, who's the star of it? My first it's, guess will be Mark Rock. Wahlberg. <laughs> no, Mark Wahlberg for me. It feels but the rock would be a close second. Yeah. It feels like the kind of movie that Vin Diesel would have made, like in between like the pacifier, the pacifier, like yeah, five. yeah. Or there's my spy, the Batista one, which apparently oh, there's yeah. a sequel. There's a sequel to that movie coming out this year. Is that on Would anyone anybody's Batista? list? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's online. I could be making up fake news, but I don't feel like looking it up. So here we go. <laughs> so we both, we all three of us have put together our ten most anticipated movies of the year, and we are going to run through all those talk about some things see if see any interesting ideas we have about these movies kind of going in, into them but before we get to that colin i'll go to you first is there anything broadly that you are kind of looking forward to this year in movies or any like overarching thoughts you have for the year in movies i am really excited about how much success we had with things that nobody really expected to be just kind of the biggest movies of the year and even looking at my list of anticipated movies from last year two of those made my final like top 10 list and so i'm excited to be surprised i think even january which is usually a dead month has interesting things coming out uh the book of clarence is kind of a 2023 holdover but i'm excited to see that even if it is a january release um there's a couple others that i'm sure we'll talk about in the earlier part of the year um i'm glad to see that we don't have the staple franchises really i mean marvel has one movie coming out this year no star wars sadly no avatar um so i'm excited to see i hate to call them like smaller because you know they still make many millions of dollars but some of these smaller franchises coming so i'm excited to see what surprises 2024 has in store spencer what about you um so coming out of the year 2023 what's kind of on my mind a lot 
were the strikes, the two big strikes with the WGA and the SAG that we had this year. Um, And I suspect we're going to be feeling the impacts of that this year. Last year, it seemed like it was a lot harder for me to make a top 10 most anticipated movies list. And this year, like I, I had a much easier time, like finding, you know, X amount of titles, like, um, we kind of were talking about this before we started recording, but uh, last year, Dune Part 2 didn't make any of our lists. And it's like, that's <laughs> a huge release. And it was just absent from all of us. And uh, Nick did comment that it might have been for some of us under the assumption that somebody else would put it on their list and allow us <laughs> to talk about it. But um, I, I just feel like that shows you that we had a pretty stacked year for movies this last year. Um, there was kind of a lot to be excited about. And this year, it feels like the summer movie season um, is really going to be pretty sparse, for example. Like, I'm pretty sure, other than, of course, Madam Web, uh, the big superhero film release of the year is what, like Deadpool 3, which, you know, that it seems like the MCU usually has five movies that release in any given year. And with the... Uh, Kind of what seems like me and Colin were talking about in our DC podcast, the slow, painful death of the the superhero genre. I feel like we're going to start seeing some changes in the in the film industry, and um, I just hope that you know there's enough to sustain post the strikes. And you know, the death of superhero movies seems like it could be kind of a healthy. Um, kind of way to for the movie industry to kind of evolve and change but uh yeah I don't know with the with the strikes I'm kind of that's kind of got me a little bit worried just because of how long those took and how much how long movies weren't being made for that period of time yeah and that was definitely on my mind too I mean we were supposed to have a Captain America movie this year but that got pushed to next year because I guess they're still shooting that and they have more writers coming on all the time so Looking forward to that one next year. I'm sure that'll be number one on all of our lists. Um, but yeah, I was kind of going through all of the movies that, like that I was like interested in. And I think what I'm kind of getting to is that I think for independent or not even independent, because like A24 is as far as I'm concerned, they're not independent like studio anymore. They're making $50 million movies and all that. But in terms of like smaller releases, like that won't make billions of dollars like i think this is gonna be a really awesome year for like real like i think film heads out there and then maybe on like the top of it all like we're not gonna have as many huge like billion dollar grocers as we've seen like this past year or before covid and things like that so i think it'll be a weird year where it's like depending on how much you love movies which if you're listening to this podcast i hope you do (laughs) um Or not, you know, the download's fine. I'll take it. I'll take it where I can get it. Um, but I do think, like, there's a lot of smaller movies that I am really looking forward to this year. Um, and personally, my taste has just been going there anyway the past couple of years. So it's fine by me. So I'm very curious to see, though, how, if, what, like, what pops. Because they're, like, who knows, maybe Madam Web makes a billion dollars because there's nothing else in terms of superhero stuff or I'm curious to see what Dune does at the box office because that was obviously that was hampered by COVID when the first part came out so um, there's definitely a lot of unanswered questions for me personally but I think it will be a good year I had one conversation with a friend and I'm trying not to do this because I was like ah, 2025 might be the year 
but I'm trying not to like pass over 24 because I think there's gonna be a lot of good stuff in it. Um, but yeah, shall we get to our lists? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, then Spencer, I'm gonna go to you first for your number 10 movie. What you got for us? So my number 10 most anticipated movie of the year is actually kind of wild because I'm not a fan of the first film like at all, but it's Gladiator 2, um, which of course is the sequel to the best picture winning film Gladiator directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, This is the second year I've been doing this podcast in the second year Ridley Scott movie has made it in my top 10 most anticipated movies. I'm a fan of his. I I love his um, medieval epic movies, uh, despite not liking Gladiator. But uh, <laughs> Kingdom of Heaven is one of my favorite, uh, like of those types of films ever made. Um, and I think the main thing that's got me really, really excited for this movie is it stars Paul Mescal, which let's go, like, baby. Yeah, he's like a new favorite of mine. I love seeing him pop up in things. I'm really excited to see him work with Ridley Scott and kind of, you know, take on the the bigger uh, budget kind of epic film. I think he's he's going to be great in the role. But then the supporting cast is also really impressive too. We have Denzel Washington, Pedro Pascal, um, Connie Nielsen. I I just feel like I don't know. I feel like this could be an instance where. The sequel is better than than the first for me, just as somebody who is kind of one of the few gladiator haters. So, yeah, I'm very excited for this movie. Count me in as a gladiator hater. I just think it's really That's, boring. That and like is. Brave Braveheart, like I'm just like very bored yeah. watching both those movies. I don't know if that's an unpopular. Nick, do you hate raw masculinity? I do, yeah. You know, that's why I'm a Paul Mescal guy. I'm here for the new masculinity, yeah. baby. Let's go. <laughs> we show our emotions. We go to therapy. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious about Gladiator 2. It's a very, it's definitely one where I'm like, this could go either way. Because for me, like Ridley Scott is very much like, I look I, when there's a Ridley Scott movie coming out, I'm always like, who's the screenwriter? And this one's David Scarpa, <laughs> who um, helped, who wrote Napoleon, which... Me personally, it's like Napoleon, I think, is a big incomplete because apparently like the actual version that you're supposed to see of that movie is the four, four and a half hour cut. Yeah, so, I'm withholding judgment till I see that yeah. one, but like, I was disappointed. I watched, like I watched, <laughs> yeah. like you watch the theatrical cut and I'm like, this is so clearly like cut to bits and like yes. they have like yes. people's names in like the bottom corner of the screen to be like, this is who this is because there was probably another scene where they introduced that person. Yeah. That they cut out. Um, so I am very curious, but you know, it's a Ridley Scott movie with Denzel and Paul Mescal. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And if you're a Pedro Pascal guy, he's in here too. So yeah, I do love Pedro Pascal. He's one, he's a, he's a favorite of mine. Um, but Colin, why don't we go to you for your number 10 next? Perfect. So my number 10 actually comes out probably before this airs, but that's going to be the new Mean Girls. Uh, like like most people born in the the 90s, I love the original Mean Girls. And I'm usually pretty anti-remakes, but I like that it's somewhat of the same team remaking it, because I think there's something interesting there when you can kind of get a second shot at your own ideas. Um, and I like that it's a musical. It seems to be... Um, 
updated to a certain extent, but what I really loved about the first Mean Girls is that they wrote it to feel kind of timeless, and I'm hoping this one feels kind of the same way. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. It's gotten pretty good reviews off the off the bat. It's a, it's mm. fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that that matters, but I guess it does a little bit. Um, I'm curious about this one because, like you, um, we're like basically the same age. Mean Girls is really fun. It's a staple. Um, you got you got Angry Rice in here, who I love. She's great. Renee Rapp is also very fun. Tina Fey kind of come back to write this. Um, I don't. It's funny because it's like it's it's one of those. It's like the one of the five trailers where they tried to hide that it was a musical. <laughs> and so I'm like, is that because the songs are bad, or because people don't like musicals, or they're like ashamed of? what they're doing. I was very, I'm confused by what this is going into it, but I am curious. Yeah. And I thought it was weird that they put it for a January release. But when you look at the fact that it was originally meant for streaming and they were like, Oh, we actually think this has potential. I feel like this is just the first place they could stick it in. Uh, Cause it does seem weird. Cause mean girls is something that I think still kind of holds its own and, in the social conscience. Uh, but, you know, it's a January release, which is usually where you throw stuff nobody's going to watch anyways. So I, I feel like it is a weird release date for it, but I'm I'm still holding out hope. It'll probably make money, is my thought. I can't imagine yeah. it costs that much. What do you think about this, Spencer? What are your Mean Girl takes? I, I love Mean Girls. It's a great movie. I'm <laughs> not very, I'm not very excited for this one. Like, uh, it's like, I don't know. I think it's partly the January thing and the the fact that they're trying to hide that it's a musical is weird to me. Like, I, I haven't, I've, I, so just so we're clear, I also don't watch movie trailers, so I haven't seen the trailer for this movie, but, um, I've seen like the promotional like art around the theater and my uh, my fiance, who is a massive Mean Girls fan, says that she's like going to see it, of course, but she says she doesn't think it looks like all that great. And she's kind of a little more of a like not not as much of film enthusiasts as we are, if that makes sense. So I don't know. I I will see it for sure. I just I don't know if um. I'm as hyped for it, for example, as Colin to have it on my most anticipated list. Yeah, I'll probably go and see The Beekeeper instead because I'm a sicko. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason Statham, Jason Statham is, you know, that's the one thing I can't quit. I don't care. I just love, I love that man. <laughs> so that'll probably be first bidding for me this weekend. A match um, in heaven, David Ayer and Jason Statham. <laughs> which, that's also getting good reviews too, or like reasonable. Really? It's not... Wow. It's not Suicide Squad where it's like in the 20s or whatever. So, I'm in. That's all I need. Cool. Listen, it's it's a it's a phishing scam. And he's got to he's got to fix it, you know. That's I guess you haven't seen the trailer, so um, the reference means nothing to you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll it's move actually, on. It's actually the sequel to B movie. <laughs> That'd be great. It's just Jerry Seinfeld comes in at the end. He's what if one it of the was be- a stealth sequel to because he's one of the because be- the- he's one of the beekeepers like he's one of the this elite squadron of people. I love this. This is great. All right, we should get we should trademark that now. Um. <laughs> Who wrote this movie, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to my number ten, which I was slightly intrigued to not see on either of your lists. 
um, which is Alex Garland's Civil War. You know, I for one feel great about this country in many ways. Um, no problems whatsoever. Um, so I'm very excited to see this movie that will surely have no hot takes by anybody whatsoever. So, yeah, I think everybody at Daily Wire will have a lot of interesting ideas about this. That they'll all be very reasonable. <laughs> um, will be the uh, yeah. Ben Shapiro rant. I can see it now. Yeah. Just a grown man yelling at, I don't know what. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. It's an Alex Garland movie. Uh, I am very excited for anything he makes, even though Men was not for me. Um, that maybe I'm not enough of a, a sicko for that, but Men was <laughs> not a personal favorite of mine. Um, but I really like what he does. And, you know, Annihilation is one of my favorites. Um, Ex Machina, mm-hmm. too. Um, so very curious. Uh, there's like, a, I see like a lot of jokes about like, is it like California and Texas are teaming up in this movie? And... I feel like that's kind of like the running bit, but I don't know. He's a smart guy. I like to see what he does. And, um, you know, I'm not on Twitter anymore, so I won't see any of the bad, horrible takes. So I'll just be able to, I'll just be sitting in the theater, enjoying myself watching this movie and thinking about the destruction of society. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> so as, uh, one's parents tend to do, mine will occasionally get into conspiracy theories and one Go of my on. dads from several years ago was that there would be a civil war and it would break out into this exact map. <laughs> the first time I saw the trailer. Is he the writer on this, on this movie? <laughs> the first time I saw the trailer, I had to text my sister and I was like, this is insane. Colin, Colin's dad, WGA member? He, he, uh, he told you at a public restaurant and you saw some guy holding up a tape recorder and it was Alex Garland. <laughs> Meanwhile, he was doodling pictures of Rory Kinnear giving birth to himself 10 different times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, more. I'm excited. I think it could be interesting. Um, I love Kirsten Dunst, and she is, as you know, in this movie. And it is like, it is one of those uncomfortable things where I'm like, you know what? The the way the world's looking right now, <laughs> this might actually be my 2025. So <laughs> I should see it and prepare while I can. Prepare, you know. You can just like you can like have all the all the polls up as you're watching this movie, just looking at how looking how Pennsylvania's doing. It's great. It's it's everything's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I, I think like I said, Alex Garland's a smart guy. Uh, great cast. You have Jesse Plemons in there too, Hollywood's best power couple, with him and Kirsten Dunst. Uh, Wagner Mora is a guy I really like. I didn't even He's know also... he was in it to be honest, but that makes me more excited. Yeah, if you would have watched the trailer, you would have you would have known. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Nick Offerman plays the president. So yeah. Oh, I like this. Well, because they work together in Devs, which I did not see. Yeah, Devs is awesome. I was going to ask if you've seen that. Yeah. So um, I know. I guess they like each other quite a bit so yeah well civil war is an honorable mention for me i will say um i think there's two reasons it's not on my list one because nick and i's list had a lot of overlap so i (laughs) decided to kind of change a couple things up but um also i i i wouldn't call men a bad movie but i would call i would say i would i was disappointed by it um yeah it's too interesting to be like really a bad movie yeah. And I'll take like something I'm not into that's still pretty interesting over like just a flat out bad movie any day of the week. 
but yeah i'd still remain a fan of alex garland he's written and directed some awesome awesome movies in the past few years and yeah i think also just how kind of <laughs> not too far from reality this film feels kind of makes me a little bit like dragging my feet towards it and just kind of like oh do I really want to go <laughs> to a movie theater to watch what yeah very well like Colin said could be the end of our 2024 early 2025 like it just seems a little bit crazy but I I'm curious for Civil War no doubt yeah it's a big swing for a24 too I think the the reported budget's like 50 million dollars it's like the yeah. biggest thing they've ever made in a apparently like if you read like deadline or variety like all of these like this is like the next phase of what a24 wants to be and like making these bigger budget movies so i don't know if this movie will do well but i i like the attempt i like that it's being made yeah so we'll see if it's actually good um but from there so this is where it starts to get hairy because we have some overlap spencer your number nine is on my list a little higher up mm-hmm so why don't we why don't we go to Colin for your number nine next? Cool. Uh my number nine is a Cohen brother film that is Driveway Dolls. Um now Spencer doesn't watch trailers, but I think this is probably the number three most played trailer I've seen lately. Definitely. <laughs> and it's kind of growing on me. At first I wasn't just kind of head over heels for it. But it, it's one of those movies that just has a lot of people I like in it. I mean, Margaret Qualley is one of the main characters. Coleman Domingo's in it. Pedro Pascal, Matt Damon, everyone's favorite, oh, Bill wow. Camp. Yeah, um, Bill Camp. Gotta love Bill him. Bill Camp? Damn. Yep. And it, like, it it just seems like a movie that I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, this will be a goofy comedy. And then we'll probably see someone get, like, hacked up kind of like uh <laughs> the wood chipper in Fargo, Fargo yeah. at some point. <laughs> uh so I'm excited for it. Like it it just looks like a fun movie. It'll probably be a lot of a hangout movie. Um I'm excited. I I do kind of miss when the Cohen brothers were the Cohen brothers, but I I also kind of like this era where they're starting to just kind of go off and do their own little independent things. And I I think this will be fun. It's really funny cuz because obviously Joel did like the tragedy of Macbeth or whatever. And now Ethan's doing this. It's like, oh, so Ethan's the funny one of the two of yeah. them. And yeah. when things are like incredibly morbid and serious, that's when yeah. Joel kind of comes in to the. Joel's the man who wasn't there. Ethan is like burn after. <laughs> right. Joel like wrote a serious man. And then like yeah. Ethan was like, I have some ideas for jokes in here somewhere. But you got the Ethan, the, the the ending that you wrote sounds good, so we'll keep that yeah. one. <laughs> Ethan is the guy who sat down and wrote Would That It Were Toast Simple twenty times. <laughs> Definitely. I'm looking forward to this movie. This movie looks fun. I, I really like Margaret Qualley and, and Geraldine and Viswanathan. So and plus Bill Camp, like we said, who's like my favorite character actor. So yeah, why why not? Actor. Letterboxd tells me that Miley Cyrus is also in this. Yeah, there's like a quick flash in the trailer. Again, sorry, spoilers for the trailer, Spencer. Um, (laughs) But she's there's like a it looks like there's like a there's like a drug trip sequence and she kind of sneaks in there somehow. I don't know. Interesting. But I'm in. Yeah. So Bill Camp literally feels like he was made in a lab to be in Coen Brothers movies (laughs) or Coen (laughs) Brother movies. 
so yeah this sounds this sounds really cool i actually did kind of consider putting this on my list just because i'm such a massive coen brothers fan and um yeah tragedy of macbeth was cool it sounds like this is more kind of the coen brother vibe that like i i'm used to from what how colin was describing it the cast as well just really seems like it could be a fun fun trip to the movies so yeah can't wait yeah a nice little cohen caper is just like i'll take five of those a year yeah so that that's i'm gonna look forward to this one um let's see where do we go to next i guess we'll go to my number nine which i think was a movie that was on my list last year maybe (laughs) um but that is steve mcqueen's blitz and it has saoirse ronan in it and um harris dickinson which it seems like he's just the guy who's in all the movies now which is totally fine because he's a great actor um and stephen graham too who's in a lot of ways a british bill camp to me personally Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um but you know it's a steve mcqueen movie i love all of his movies and so this one is about it's set during um the british british capital bombing in world war ii um, so I'm curious to see what his war movie looks like. Um, yeah, there's not really much out there in the world about this movie, but it's a Steve McQueen movie and he's one of our best directors. So I'm in. And the last thing he did, well, he has that, that doc, that four hour documentary in theaters out right now, which I haven't seen, but you know, mm-hmm. a small axe, which is the series that he did for like prime a few years ago was, I thought was incredible. Like some of the best stuff we've gotten in the last couple of years. So, um, He's just a great director at the top of his game, so I can't wait for this. Yeah, um, this is the second year in a row, yeah, that you've had this on your list, and this is the second year in a row I have, like, looked at your list and be like, oh, shit, the new Stephen Queen movie is coming out this year. <laughs> like, oh, I should, probably should put that on my list. I'm I'm also a massive uh, Steve McQueen fan. Like you, I haven't seen the four-hour documentary, but I'm pretty sure I've seen all his other, like, feature-length uh work and yeah this sounds awesome the cast like you said sounds great i'll watch anything he does honestly he just is really has such a strong visual presence and sense so it yeah i'm excited for this i hope it comes out this year do you have a favorite steve mcqueen movie off the top of your head oh god that's really hard uh i kind of love hunger um yeah but i also love love widows which i know is not widows like, rules popular. yeah i'm so it's on not widows. the popular one but it's it's like uh i think that that movie was it's just a blast and it's so well directed too sometimes i go to bed at night and think about the car shot when colin farrell <laughs> drives from the like a oh my a god CD-er ver- a CD-er Chicago to his mansion last year <laughs> we brought up this exact should we just run back year? the 23 pod and just like play <laughs> to put it in here we don't have to we can just go home and not do any more work this sounds great <laughs> don't forget that this was the first movie that let Elizabeth Debicki be tall so that's true yeah Steve He's McQueen a, deserves the credit for that too he really is a, a trailblazer in that sense um yeah for me I think I don't know Widows is up there for me. I really like yeah. Widows. Hunger awesome. to, I really, I don't know. 
I'm really in the bag for shame. I don't know what that says about me as a human, but you know, it's a good I think, movie. I think shame's really good. <laughs> so it is really good. And yeah. then Mangrove from Small Axe or Lover's Rock, even I think actually Lover's Rock is probably my favorite of the five. But um, yeah, he's good. He's a good director. He's, makes he's makes awesome. good makes good films. Um, I love you, Steve McQueen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Spencer. We will go next to your number eight. I don't believe anybody else has it. (laughs) Yeah, so this one's kind of like uh, uh, the one for me if we're we're doing that on this list, but it's Alien Romulus, um, which, of course, is the newest entry into the Alien franchise. Um, There's part of me that is mad at this movie uh, because I'm an unabashed fan of... uh, of Prometheus and Alien Covenant and I really wanted to see Ridley Scott's third entry into that that trilogy because it was so nihilistic and unhinged and I was just so delighted by how how like nasty and just (laughs) how weird and fucked up and gross those movies were um but I really like Fede Alvarez as a director uh there's part of me also that wants to be a little skeptical because this is you know the first alien movie that's being made since disney bought 20th century um but the cast is good we got kaylee spaney who is just you know really impressive in the film priscilla in um the lead role and like i said fede alvarez did like don't breathe in evil dead 2013 which i think are both really really solid horror movies it's got Ridley Scott's stamp of approval. I just, I am really curious for this movie. And I'm the weirdo who I I enjoy every one of the Alien movies, including <laughs> Alien Resurrection, in, a, oh, in no. a, like, in a train wreck kind of way where it's like, it's just fun to watch. And it's so ridiculous and out there that I can kind of detach it from the rest of the series. But um, I'm firmly in the Alien Three good camp and all that, so I'm 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 excited for this movie and to just get more Alien. So, yeah, Fetty Alvarez is definitely one for the sickos. So I'm very <laughs> curious to see what his Alien movie is because it could be like just deeply disgusting in many ways. So I'm I'm curious. This one was an honorable mention for me. I'm really curious what this turns into. Because it, it could just be absolutely deplorable, which, you know, that sounds great to me. So, <laughs> Colin, I mean, any, any alien if thoughts? The alien doesn't, if the alien doesn't fight the predator, what's the point? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Objective, exactly. Objectively, the best of those movies. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I we'll see with this one. I'm very curious. I think so... To move on next, so Collins eight is uh, we'll have to we'll have to save on that one for a while. Um, so why don't we? This is where this gets a little weird. Why don't we do um, one that is on all of our lists, kind of in this range, um, okay. which would be Dune two, Dune part two, Dune, if you will. Um, it is my number eight, Colin. It is. Your number six, and it is Spencer's number seven. So it feels right to talk about it here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, we're finally getting to Dune 2. You know, we were supposed to get this what in November? 
In November? Yeah, well, they get pushed. It gets pushed again. The one I see. <laughs> There's another strike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, we want more this time. July Hilluder going on strike this time. <laughs> Zazoff is like, actually, I, I want to re- come back to this. These, these, uh, I don't like these. What we gave away here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What is there to say? This trailer looks sick. Not that what Spencer would know, but it looks great. No, I've watched this because I've read the book. So oh, okay. I've seen the Dune 2 trailer. Okay. So yeah, I know where the plot goes. <laughs> looks great. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Dune 2. I'm ready for it. So yeah. I thought that Christopher Walken had retired until this trailer came out. And I was like, no way. I can't believe he's doing this movie. Um, but yeah, I think like the first one just had an insane cast. And I think this one kind of doubles down on that. Because, yeah, you have a lot of returning players that are, that are coming back. You know, Timothy Chalamet is, you know, riding just as high as he was when the first one came out. Same thing with Zendaya. But, you know, you're adding Austin Butler into the mix. Florence Pugh's in there now. Christopher Walken's in there now. Um, I think Leia Seydoux's in this one, too. Yep. So it's just like you're getting you're getting all of the heavy hitters from the first one back. And you're going just kind of nuts with it. And I think Dune has... And granted, it came out in the pandemic, but it proved a success um, that was, you know, still in the early-ish wave. I'm pretty sure Godzilla versus Kong had already kind of broken the pandemic by that point. But, you know, Dune 2 was really one of those movies that kind of had to duke it out to prove that movies could continue to exist. And now that it kind of built that following, built that respect, now that it has a Lego set based after it, uh, I'm pretty sure Dune 2 is going to probably be one of the biggest movies of the year, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm ready for it. This is just, it just looks really cool. It's it looks epic yeah. and Denny feels like or or Dennis as I call him because we're best friends. Um <laughs> we I he just he, he loves this material and it seems like this movie's just going to be sick. I'm ready for it. Yeah, this one's going to be super epic. Like the scale of it is going to be on even I think a bigger level than the first film. Like you kind of mentioned the cast um Depending on how closely this follows the book, there might be massive actors who have like one scene in this movie who like it's just like he's kind of flexing on who he was able to get for this for this sequel. Uh, and yeah, it's just like I I thought the first was awesome. I'm I feel this is going to be more of the same where but in the best possible way where you just like go in, watch a super rad movie on the biggest screen possible and you're thoroughly entertained so yeah i'm really excited i think it's weird because i feel like because dune 2 wasn't immediately greenlit when they put out dune so i imagine like they had like a little time to like cast after like dune came out so i imagine like florence Pugh just like on max like in her sweatpants being like that movie was sick can i be in the second one and like she like called her agent (laughs) and it worked out and then like she called christopher walken up he's like yeah i'm i'm in dune too you should be in it too <laughs> um, that's just my also, head. That's my head cannon. I like to think that Christopher Walken and Florence Pugh are best friends. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Tim Blake Nelson is also in this movie. Oh, let's go, baby! I, I didn't know that. <laughs> like recent to see it. Let's go. Speaking of Coen Brothers, geez. Yeah. I'm in. I wasn't in until I learned that Tim Blake Nelson was in. Now I'm in. <laughs> we just. This is the second character actor who we've just lost our minds knowing he was in a movie in this podcast. That's when you know that we should be talking about movies if we're just losing our minds yeah. over Bill Camp and, T- and Tim Blake Tim Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah. Dune 2. Looking forward to it. Um, so I think next we will go to my number seven, which is Wolves. Not Wolves. It's Wolf with an S on the end. Which I don't know. I don't know how that works, but we'll see. Um, this movie is directed by John Watts, who you may have heard these movies. He, he made the um, the Spider-Man movies. I don't know if you've you've seen those, but they they were a little successful. But he has like a weird, um, not a weird. He's he can do whatever he wants. But he has when he's not doing Marvel movies. He just goes off and makes these like gritty like crime movies. Like there's this movie he made a couple years ago with Kevin Bacon called Cop Car. Um, mm-hmm. He made that FX show, The Old Man, with Jeff Bridges, which seems yeah. like the first like episode or two was really good, and then it kind of got messed up by COVID, and the rest of the series wasn't very good. I haven't seen it, but that's the that's the word on the street out here. Um, but he is writing and directing this movie about it's two lone wolf fixers and they are assigned to the same job. And the two, uh, the two fixers are Brad Pitt and George Clooney. So in my head, this is just a sequel to Michael Clayton. Um, I like to think that's, that's where this movie's going, but if not, that's still okay. I don't know. It's a fixer movie with Brad Pitt and George Clooney. That sounds sick to me. sounds like we got, it's 1997 all over again. Looking really, really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, this is this is this is a pick for me. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, John Watts kind of has rubbed me the wrong way as of recent. I did <laughs> I did like Cop Car. Uh, the cast you said is the most interesting part of this movie. This sounds like you know you're kind of like you said. Sounds like a movie that came out in the '90s and it's people hear of it and they're like oh yeah i saw that that was a that was a good movie what happened in that again you know like that (laughs) it's like there's very it's a good strong chance where like you talk to your grandfather six months from now he's like i saw this movie yeah the other day i don't remember what it was called Uh but it was pretty good (laughs) (laughs) and that's all he gives you and it's wolves and you're like you're like cool Thanks, thanks, Grandpa. (laughs) Love you too. (laughs) As we know, I'm also a massive uh, John Watts fan. No Way Home is your favorite movie ever made. It's, I, yeah, I, I don't, I haven't seen any of his non-Spider-Man work to like have a a real opinion on him as a director, but I do like that it's Clooney and Brad Pitt. Uh, the fact that they're fixers makes me hope this is a stealth killing them softly uh, yeah. kind of vibe to it because <laughs> I'd eat that up. So if it's anything like that, then I'm in. I just kind of hope that Tony Gilroy ghost wrote the entire movie and it's actually just Michael Clayton too. That's just all <laughs> That's just all I'm hoping for. <laughs> I think you're dreaming, but I it's, hope so too. It's Michael Clayton. It's Michael Clayton's. There's two Michael Clayton's. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd watch that. Shouldn't it be Michael's Clayton? <laughs> see see this is why you're a screenwriter and i'm not you know <laughs> all right i'm excited for this movie and i'm the only one who's excited for it but we'll move on <laughs> hey i'm i'm maybe possibly excited <laughs> that's i'll take it i'll take it um all right con we'll move to you for your number seven what you got so my number seven is the ministry of ungentlemanly warfare 
which is a movie that I did not know about until I started putting this list together. But it is Guy Ritchie, so you know it's going to have like 20 different cast members and lots of like split frames. It'll be really cool. But it's uh, actually based on a true, I guess more of a series of event than an actual event. Uh, but it is about a secret operations uh, branch of the British government in World War II and is kind of being touted as basically the birth of like black ops missions. And in Guy Ritchie's hands, I think that could be a really interesting thing. Uh, my boy Henry Cavill, which if you listen to my uh, DC pod, is is a winner, will uh, be the lead role, it seems like, in this movie. Uh, but there's a lot of, I mean, it, it's Guy Ritchie. There's like 20 different cast members in this in this movie. So I, I think it'll be a good time. Yeah, my boy um, Till Schweiger is in this from Inglorious Bastards. Love that dude. Love when he shows up. Um, but yeah, this actually is a pretty good cast. You have Alan Richardson in there, uh, Isaac Gonzalez, um, Henry Golding too, Alex oh. Pettifer, if you remember from Magic oh. Mike, that guy yeah, from I Am Number Four. <laughs> he's a, he's a wonderful in this movie. Yeah, him too. He's a wonderful actor. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a Guy Ritchie movie. He makes three movies a year now, and they're all pretty good. That's what I was gonna say. Is I'll I'll show up for Guy Ritchie. Um, you know, I do it every time he makes a movie, so I'll I'll do it again. Uh, yeah, this this wasn't really super super high on my radar, but I like Guy Ritchie. I'm I'm a I'm a simple man. Uh, when when COVID was kind of when vaccines were starting to roll out, I remember one of the first movies I saw like back in theaters was Wrath of Man with Jason Statham, your boy Nick. <laughs> Let's go, and, baby. Um, I, I had such a great time watching that movie. I don't know if it was because I was so starved of the theatrical experience or what, but that movie was just amazing when I watched it. It's just <laughs> like that one's really been the Guy Ritchie one from the past five years that I've really been like, yeah, that was a good movie. Are we sure <laughs> Statham's not in this movie? Are we sure? <laughs> not yet, anyways. <laughs> Just show up in the end credits scene. That'd be great. I'll take it. Anywhere I can get Statham, I don't care. Listen, beekeeper, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for Nick's number one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Spencer, we'll go to your number six next. Yeah, so my number six is the film I Saw the TV Glow, which is uh, the new film from Jane Schumbrun, who is the filmmaker who made the movie we're all going to the world's fair in 2021 which was a pretty divisive movie i feel like like i know people who really hated that and had a terrible time um, <laughs> watching that movie which I, I it's definitely a different type of a pace of a movie but i feel this is a filmmaker who just really has a great sense of um what it feels like to be in this age of the internet and the information age and how discombobulating and alienating and you know how isolated people could get uh in this this plot of this her, the, the new film um sounds like it's going to be really um interesting to me like very much in kind of that same ballpark of thematic material uh we have justice smith who's the lead actor of the movie, who feels like he's kind of starting to become a lot more 
like of a bigger actor who's sought after to me like he's i think he's in the uh society of magical negroes that movie that's coming out mm-hmm. um so yeah so he has a couple movies coming out sundance and then we also have fred durst in this film who is the oh he's in this uh, the lead singer of of limp biscuit <laughs> that's amazing um, which yeah just immediately makes me want to be like oh okay yeah this uh jane schoenberg just seems to to know to know i guess what she's there i actually think they them pronouns is jane schoenberg so sorry didn't mean to misgender what they are doing behind the camera and uh yeah, so I, I'm very curious about this movie, really excited for it. So that's I Saw the TV Club. Yeah, I liked We're All Going to the World's Fair quite a bit. I think it's one of those movies, too, where it's grown in my estimation since mm-hmm. I've seen it. Um, you're right, where I feel like like Schoenbrunn is like one of the like up-and-coming directors who understands what it feels like to be isolated on online. I think you really... Like we're spot on there, so I think that movie was really good. It's one of the classic Nick movies where like nothing happens and it's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just wonderful. I just love it. It's like that and Skin and Rank are just like nothing's nothing's happening. Oh, yeah, and I'm having a great time. <laughs> it's it's very creepy. Um, yeah, like it seems like like a lot of their work is like it's like creepy pasta and like just like being online all the time. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's, it's a really like, they're really like cool, interesting voice um, that I'm looking forward to. I think this is an A24 movie too. So looking forward to it quite a bit. Um, So I guess from here we will move on to, we have a few things that are kind of like jumbled around. Why don't we go to, Spencer, we'll stick with you and we'll do your number five because it's my four. So it seems kind of right. Okay. Um, so my number five is going to be Love Lies Bleeding. Um, I'm really, really pumped for this movie, even though I don't know basically anything about it exclusively because of Rose Glass is the filmmaker behind it. Um I actually would probably argue Saint Maud is one of the most underappreciated horror movies of the past like, yep. few years, probably, you know, the 2020s, um, just because it's so like horrifying and disturbing and the, the vision so original and the lead performances, it gets under your skin so deeply and it just has one of the most incredible endings of oh, any horror it's, movie. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so it's good. A, yeah, it's so brilliant. And so um, ever since that film came out, I've been dying to see what Rose Glass would do next. And uh, seeing that, you know, she's paired with uh, the cast that she is, you know, Kristen Stewart, Ed Harris, Katie O'Brien, um, Dave Franco, Jenna Malone. I, I just think that this movie has a ton of potential. Um, I think it's going to be really probably transgressive and disturbing in the same way that uh, St. Maud is. Maybe not the same exact way, but, you know, it's going to be a really, a really brutal experience, I'm assuming. And uh, I just, I can't wait to, to see this movie. So, yeah. yeah. Love the lies bleeding. The trailer for this movie is awesome. It got me really excited for it. Um yeah, and it's like Kristen Stewart. Just any anything she's in, I'm gonna watch. Yes, and yes. 
Um, yeah, Rose Glass was like I think like a big thing that movie kind of got fucked up with like COVID because that was like kind yep. of like a weird release in that time. Um, then it like went to like epics or something. It was really weird. Um, but that movie is really good, and it's only like eighty five minutes too. So it's she won mm-hmm. my heart over with that as well. Um, but yeah, this movie looks really good. Just like a good like American crime thriller um, with a bodybuilder. So that, that looks great. Yeah, and I think Kristen Stewart's been really good about staying busy because she's been at at least a movie a year for the past few years. So yeah, mm-hmm. she's got another movie at Sundance. I don't remember what the name of it is. It's Love Me. So big big year for love and Kristen Stewart <laughs> in, in various forms. <laughs> yeah, this movie it, it it looks awesome. I'm very much here for it. Um. So I guess next we will go to my number five, which was Spencer's number nine. And that is Polaris, which is the new movie from Lynn Ramsey, which she hasn't come out with a movie since 2017 with You Were Never Really Here. Um, That movie rules. Um, She's reteaming with Joaquin Phoenix again. And uh, Rui Mara is in this one as well. Um, There's not much about it, but the tagline is set in Alaska during the 1890s, an ice photographer meets the devil. So and that's, yeah, I'm in. That sounds great. The, the crazy <laughs> so, thing about this movie is either actor could be playing the devil. You're like, so who's right. Who's going to be the devil? Yeah. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Oh, <laughs> sorry to steal your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lynn Ramsey is, you know, I think she's one of the best filmmakers working and you were never really here was really really good and kind of like an amazing like you you like compare that with joker i think it's like for joaquin it's oh. like it's like such an amazing one-two punch and like it, it totally understands like all the things joker did not understand about like being isolated and, and violence and all that and it, it's just it's it's a brutal movie but it is really really good so anything that lynn ramsey does i'm just kind of yeah i'm ready for it yeah, so that's one of the reasons why this film made my list is, well, the main reason is Lynn Ramsey, of course. It's like, she doesn't release movies often, obviously her last movie being in 2017, but when she does, they're just, like, amazing. You know, like, prior to You Were Never Really Here, it's We Need to Talk About Kevin, which is an awesome movie. Um, I need to go back and watch Rat Catcher, which I know is one that a lot of people really, really... It's really like, good. Like, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, this, uh, you know, that cast, her re- reteaming with Walking Phoenix after, like you said, you were never really here, which was such an amazing experience and such a great performance for him. I'm just really excited to, to see what she's got up her, up her sleeve with this one. Yeah, she takes a long time sometimes on her movies, and but they're kind of always worth it. So. Yep. I cannot wait. So we we got a lot of things that were kind of are kind of jumbled up here. I'm trying to figure out where we should go next. So my number six is probably we want to hold off on that one. Why don't we go, Spencer? Why don't we do your number four, which is my number two? But then I think this will okay. help break up some stuff for us. I'm gonna let you start talking about it since it's higher on your list. Fair Just, enough. We'll do I it. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. It's uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Megalopolis, which 
I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen with this movie. This could be, <laughs> this could be an all-time disaster, or like a brilliant movie by made by one of our best filmmakers in late in his career. I have no idea, um, but yeah, this is. I don't even know how to describe this movie. It's like a. It's I guess it's it's obviously like some sort of homage to Metropolis, but we don't really know much else about it except that the cast is incredible and then there was like that report that the entire special effects team like left the movie halfway through because coppola was being crazy and then like adam driver <laughs> called deadline and he was like actually i worked on this film as the lead and it was great i had a wonderful time there were no issues whatsoever <laughs> so um who knows what is going to go on with this movie but yeah it's got adam driver jason schwartzman aubrey plaza uh Natalie Emanuel, Shia LaBeouf is in it. Dustin Hoffman is in it. Giancarlo Esposito, John Voight, Lawrence Fishburne, Forrest Whitaker, Talia Shire, of course. Everybody. Literally everybody is in this movie. He funded it through his wine. Um, so good for him. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, he's been... His last... I guess his last three movies have been him kind of just messing around with, like digital photography and like the form and all that and i don't even know if i've seen those movies but like i guess i have to go back and see this but it seems like this is a movie he's been trying to make for forever and he was i guess he was he he hasn't made a movie and i don't i don't remember when twixt came out i think that was like 2011 or 13 or something um but it seems like he's kind of taken a few movies to kind of figure out how to like i guess visualize what he's what he wants to visualize here but i don't know We'll see. This movie could be a disaster. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm really looking forward to it. It's yeah. a Coppola movie. Why not? Here's here's my thing. Two things. Two thoughts I had while you were talking. One is um, we went to, like, I'm thinking it was last, or excuse me, 2022. We went to um, the Francis Ford Coppola restaurant in uh san francisco so i'm gonna go ahead and say i helped fund this movie because <laughs> i bought i bought some spaghetti and wine from, from francis ford coppola. my wife and i went to wine country last fall and we went to we went to coppola winery so i too yeah you helped i we, too am a producer both, we're basically executive producers on this movie um and my second thought is that like you hit the nail on the head nick this movie could be an incredible entry into one of the most prolific filmmakers of all times filmography that you know joins the ranks of his very best works or it could be an absolute disaster and in my opinion both are equally exciting um <laughs> exciting uh, possible in routes like we could go with this like there's no way in hell this movie isn't at the very least going to be utterly fascinating like from <laughs> yep. beginning to end like i just have no doubt that it you know it's going to be a filmmaker who you know often takes to takes to instagram and says you know oh they don't make them that, like the way that they used to i think we're going to see him you know going back and attempting to make a movie the way that they used to and it's either going to be a catastrophic failure you know like a <laughs> successful successful endeavor and i'm just like when i think of most anticipated movies of the year that's like what i'm looking for is like a an experience that regardless how it turns out i'm still just like head over heels excited for so 
Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for this. I'm going to be obsessed with it either way, probably. Exactly. Because we're, yeah. we're just going to keep talking about it. We, I think we have to do a Coppola pod this year. This we is do. like, yeah, like what sure. other like what other opportunity we're we going to have to just like talk about Coppola movies and just sit here and talk about. And I got some Coppola takes, too. Ooh, so. I like it. Yeah. And there's been a bunch <laughs> that I haven't seen. And obviously, he has so many like ebbs and flows in his career where he was broke and made all these movies and needed money and then like Jack. yeah then he made Jack <laughs> Jack's in there uh, so yeah Megalopolis let's go I'm ready <laughs> Paul uh, what do you think of this movie I'm curious so I think it could be a mixed bag because I'm I'm a little back and forth I, I kind of feel about Coppola the same way I do is Ridley Scott where I'm like there's some all-time like define cinemas and art for movies in here and there mm-hmm. are also absolute train wrecks that I'm like just just no <laughs> <laughs> but again and I think this is something I've seen in a lot of our picks this year like a lot of it really is the cast and like looking at actors who typically only do more interesting projects like Adam Driver who is very open about like i only want to work with directors who are interesting right he's made his star wars money he can basically do whatever he wants now um i do like seeing these people put confidence in them so i'm like you know what it could be something um again i don't know just a ton about this movie yet but i would i would say i'm more positive towards coppola than i am negative well cool. yeah i love what adam driver's doing he's like dude he's like i'll I'll fucking work with michael man let's go like why not and then like he's just like (laughs) he's going with like bomb back and like he did he did annette with leo's carex he's just like i'm just gonna work with all of the cool filmmakers that i love and we're just gonna we're just gonna go for it i think adam driver might be my favorite actor no joke (laughs) i think he's so awesome me too i love him Look, sometimes just go through the list of directors that guy's worked with. Your mind will like fall out of the back of your head. It's yeah. so nuts how many names <laughs> he's crossed off the list. And then we might it's get crazy. heat. We might get heat too with with Driver. So and I'm like, I just so can't. Nuts. I just can't yes. wait. I hope that becomes a thing. With I need it. the the first rumor was Driver and Chalamet, which I'm trying to picture that. <laughs> it's Austin Butler. Is, I want is, it. Right. I want it. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. I think it's like cool. Driver is 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 Neil McCauley, and then Austin Butler is uh is Pacino, which is Vincent Hanna. Vincent Hanna, whatever I couldn't remember his name. Interesting. You caught me. <laughs> See, I've also heard Jeremy Allen White, but I don't know if that was he wanted it in the movie or he was in the Ooh. movie. I'm here for anything, Jeremy Allen. Yeah, White's Jeremy in. Allen White's awesome. I'm, I'm ready. Totally cool. I'm so yeah. in. Just give me Heat too, and I'll be fine. That's great. Yeah. And Michael Mann directs <laughs> it. I'll be good. Anybody. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think at this point we should probably double back, and I think this is probably the time to talk about it. Colin, we are going to go back to your number eight because it is both Spencer and I's number three. So you want you want to dive into this movie for us? Yeah. So from my understanding, Robert Pattinson is some sort of expendable not quite human who can die and be replaced with some of his memories from the last time that he lived. And first and foremost, I just think that's a cool premise. I think there's a lot you could do with that. The movie's uh, Mickey 17, by the way. I don't know if we oh, mentioned yeah, that. I, I should probably say that. 
I teed you up. I teed you up so perfectly, and you just blow into the synopsis. I was I was trying to to set the stage for it, you know. But uh, I was waiting for him to say "as Mickey 17. (laughs) Never came. He comes out of his pod. Hello, I am Mickey Seventeen. Uh, but basically he's like colonizing a planet and he can die a bunch and come back to life Uh, I think Robert Pattinson's in that same category as Adam Driver where he like he made his Twilight money although I can't imagine he made as much money on Twilight but he's like I'm going to do interesting things with interesting people Uh, Bong Joon-ho is obviously still kind of riding the parasite wave and so I think it's really cool Uh, my man Mark Ruffalo is in this movie which I don't I don't care what movie it if it was a sequel to No Way Home directed by John Watts again, but only starring Mark Ruffalo, I'd watch. So he, it's his he's character one of those from poor things, who, just running it back. <laughs> he's he's one of those actors that if he's in a movie, I'm in no matter what. Yeah. It's the new Bong Joon Ho movie. I don't know. Like that's like that's all I care about. And Robert Pattinson's in it. That's 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 all I need, you know? What was the name of the movie? Um, let me see. Let me check real quick. Um, I think it's Mickey 17. Is that it? <laughs> no, nah, uh, this movie, I'm really looking forward to it. It just, the day before we were filming this, it got pulled from its March release. So we'll see when it comes out. It sounds like they needed a little more time to like finish it. So maybe this fall, but it, I yeah, think David Zaslav can't be th- that stupid, right? That's what I was thinking. I'm always worried. <laughs> When a movie for Warner Brothers gets shelved, it's a it's, it's a like, it's a Batwoman or whatever Batgirl situation. It just like nah, dude. sorry, we're not you're not gonna see this movie. He he thought like, this was based off of Mickey Mouse, and he, he's like, oh, we got we gotta pull that. <laughs> this is a threat, and I hope the FBI is listening. <laughs> if, if David Zaslav shelves Bong Joon Ho's movies, I'm gonna burn a movie. I'm gonna burn his house down. It's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> now i kind of want him to do that because that'd be great you be you become yeah. the, the new lead of di- of warner yeah. discovery and like you just green light every cool movie and bankrupt Everything. it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you buy the rights to to heat two to make sure it happens i don't know if that was a warner brothers movie or not but in my you make it happen it's great i'm here for it um yeah Obviously, I cannot wait for this movie. Um, you know, Bong Joon-ho is just one of the best filmmakers we have. Like, he's he's just so consistent. It's like, even the movies that people aren't as, like, wild about that he's done, or the ones that aren't as talked about, like Mother and even Okja, um, even Barking Dogs Never Bite, I love. So it's, I, I just, like... I couldn't be more of a fan of this guy and it's I'm really excited to see what the project post his best picture best director parasite sweep of the Oscars is gonna is gonna be like I just I I'm really really curious about it and Colin's uh little the premise of the movie that he gave us made me even more excited I didn't even know what it was about so it's it's literally just Bong Joon-ho's name that's carrying this over to be something that i'm just so excited to see and it's the same still of robert pattinson upside down that we've seen over and over again yep. it's, it's the seen new, that it's yeah. the new killers of the flower moon yeah 
uh, photo <laughs> with Leo <laughs> at the table. <laughs> on like unrecognizable Leonardo DiCaprio, by the it's way. It's very unrecognizable. unrecognizable. His ears were a little different. You know, yeah. it's it's just it's very unrecognizable. His, his hair was parted in the middle. I couldn't tell who it was. <laughs> Wait, Leo was in that movie? <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't. Nope, not at all. <laughs> Alright, so from there, I think we should probably we'll split this up a little bit. We're gonna go with Collins number three, and we'll double back to another movie right after that. Cool. So I am oftentimes the voice of the mainstream shill products. Um, <laughs> I'll say that yes. as I introduce this go movie, on. <laughs> the caveat that there's a very good chance I hate this movie because <laughs> Most of the other movies in this vein that have come out have made the bottom of my yearly lists. Uh, but Deadpool 3, I'm putting it up there. Um, I know that's going to be controversial to Nick as a non-Sean Levy fan. My mortal but... enemy, Sean Levy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like the, the X-Men franchise as a whole is a lot of ups and downs. Uh, but I think overall the quality of it is a lot more consistent than Marvel and like in general just the production of these things looks better like you can pick pretty much any X-Men movie put it side by side with any concurrent MCU movie and it, it at least looks like a real movie um, so I'm hoping that continues as we kind of figure out what Disney's X-Men looks like you know it's been believe it or not six years since the last Deadpool movie um, but they're kind of throwing all these mutants in there um it's bringing hugh jackman back which you know i that could be the reason why i hate this movie just because it sounds like there's <laughs> going to be a lot of multiverse hopping but i also think that like there's a reason why hugh jackman played this character for so long because people love him and he's great at doing it and if all this movie is is ryan reynolds quipping while hugh jackman stabbed things it's it's gonna be great um, again, I, I could hate this movie and it could go right up there with the flash and no way home for me, but I'm choosing to be optimistic. And this is the only Marvel movie or the only, the only official Marvel movie. There are sort of three others, two of which will certainly flop. Um, but this is the only, only real MCU movie this year, but I'm, I'm optimistic and I'm going to stick with that. I for one think Madam Web's gonna do really well at the box office, but that's just that's just me. <laughs> yeah. Deadpool three. I don't know. I have a I have a tortured relationship with Ryan Reynolds. Uh just like mm -hmm. I don't know, just you know, when I watched Red Notice and like there's just like back to back scenes of The Rock and Ryan Reynolds like shilling their liquor brands. I think that was the moment where I was like, I think I might hate Ryan Reynolds. Um, and this is coming as someone who really liked the first two Deadpool movies and thought they were fun. But um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And then, then he's in that if movie. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm a little tired of the Ryan Reynolds stick, but I am curious to see what Deadpool three is like. What do you think Spencer? Uh, so I'm not a fan of the Deadpool movies. Um, I think they're incredibly obnoxious uh, because of Ryan Reynolds. Like I do not like Ryan Reynolds' shtick. Like I'm, I was over it 
in 2016 when Deadpool 1 came out and like now I'm just like I'm getting like the mint mobile ads on my phone when I'm on YouTube and I'm just You like, haven't bought it yet? What I, are you I doing? Like I feel like yeah, I feel like I'm in hell to be totally honest. And Deadpool 3 is kind of just an extension of that for me. Um Colin kind of talked a little bit about his uh disdain and towards movies like the flash and no way home i feel like this movie is going to be that just with the obnoxious lead character of deadpool and there is a part of me that wants to kind of like perk up a little bit because hugh jackman's in it and i i do like hugh jackman as wolverine i think that he that was like perfect casting and i enjoyed like logan and x-men 2 and you know x-men days of future past but i'm just like i'm so over this series so that's that's just where i am right now yeah not to rain on your parade con but i have more negative things to say about this movie <laughs> um i know i i do understand that the whole joke of this movie will be that we can't let things die and hugh jackman is back as wolverine but mm-hmm. part of me is like couldn't we have just let him die i don't know like i get that that's going to be the joke but it's also like there's some kind of weird, like perverse, like thing going on, like in, yeah. in that joke too, where it's like, well, we have to bring him back because that'll help this movie make money, but also, yeah, we'll joke at it and I'll make it okay. Um, but I don't know, Colin, this is a movie you're excited for, so why don't you say more positive yeah. things about it? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. oh, we just like, we're just like, hey, your number three movie of the year, Colin. You have absolutely terrible taste. <laughs> Listen, Get off this podcast. Reason- the reason why they can't let Wolverine die is because you didn't go see Reminiscence in 2021. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I watched it on Max, damn it. Um, yeah, I think, like, my thing is, I think Sean Levy is the perfect three and a half star movie guy for me. Like, he makes these movies that I don't particularly love, with the exception of Cheaper by the Dozen, which is like one of my favorite family movies growing up but he makes these movies that are like really accessible um they're like solidly entertaining and i think his career is just impressive in the fact that he you know started like several franchises kind of on his own uh which you know not a lot of directors have done and i i kind of like that deadpool has sort of a rotating director's chair um it you know obviously with tim miller wasn't intentionally supposed to be that way at first but then it's kind of moved around. Uh, but I think it's also going to be a big test of can Disney really let all these different franchises kind of coexist and continue to come at the same level? Or is everything going to kind of be watered down into into the MCU style? So I think a lot of it is just curiosity looking at this movie, being like, okay, so what is the mutant Fox era of Disney going to look like? Um, if it's like the rest of the MCU we've gotten lately, then uh, again, this will probably be on my bottom 10 list for the year instead of my top 10 list, but I'm choosing to be optimistic. I'm curious what, cause obviously this movie's going to be making fun of the multiverse stuff and will it like, will they be able to, to make more multiverse movies after Deadpool just like makes fun of it for two hours? You know what I mean? Cause they'll, it'll make fun of all the tropes that they're trying to do with it. And I'm curious if like, I mean, I guess they have other problems too because they're figuring out all the, all the Jonathan Major stuff and whatnot. But 
It just like I'm curious if they can actually like move forward with multiverse stuff after Deadpool three just like lampoons it. So I don't know. I'm curious to see how that I'm, works. I'm hoping that they have kind of a the Suicide Squad attitude towards this, where they just look at all of these characters like. A lot of these characters they're bringing back, no one's asking for. Like, no one in their right mind was like, you know who I'd really love to see again? Electra from the 2003. <laughs> so I'm hoping they just take kind of this screw them attitude and just have fun, like, dicking on some of, like, Marvel's less notable stuff. Because I think there could be a lot of fun there in not just, like, trying to relive the highlights of your favorite Marvel movies, but being like, okay, how can we go in and, like, poke fun at this or destroy it or do it differently or something like that. Maybe they bring back Colin Farrell from uh what was that? Not an electric Daredevil. Daredevil. I was like, what, I was like what was yeah. the name of the movie? I couldn't think of it for a second. <laughs> Why not? Let's do it. That would be funny. <laughs> Alright, I think we've had we've said enough th- nice things about Deadpool 3. We can move on. Um why don't we sorry let's double back to a movie that is on all of our lists. It's my number six. It's Colin's number four, and it is Spencer's number two. And I will let Spencer talk about it, because this is the highest on his list. Yeah, it's Nosferatu. Uh, this is the new film from Robert Eggers. And I don't think... like There's very rarely a blend of a filmmaker with like material that I think fits more than Robert Eggers with Nosferatu. I just have... 100% faith in this in this movie um so I mean I've seen some of those uh stills that they've released from the movie and I'll just say there was one that had Willem Dafoe in it that um like almost had me like going and buying a ladder just to scream from a rooftop of how excited <laughs> I am for, for Nosferatu uh I just feel like this is going to be incredibly disturbing and upsetting and uh, super specific to the time period in the way that Robert Eggers always is and it's just gonna roll like I have absolutely no doubt that I'm gonna love this movie um and Robert Eggers is quickly becoming one of my favorite like uh kind of up-and-coming filmmakers you know it's three movies prior to this I've absolutely loved with The Witch being one of my favorite movies ever made and um, having him kind of back in that gothic horror kind of vibe, I think is really exciting to me. So yeah, I I just can't wait for this movie. I think it's going to be incredible. My boy Willem Dafoe is a, is a vampire hunter and there's a scene in this movie where he works with 2000 real rats. I'm like, that's (laughs) like, what, like what else do I need from movies? You know what I mean? Like my dude Willem, he's just out here, just like cuddling with rats for my my pleasure. This is great. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just so in. Go ahead, Kong. Have you have either of you seen a Shadow of the Vampire? I have not. No. Uh, so Nicholas, I almost said Nicholas Cage. I don't know where that came from. I was distracted by the fact that Nicholas Holt is in this movie, but Willem <laughs> Dafoe, who is actually in the movie Shadow of the Vampire, um, plays the actor who plays Count Orlock um, in that movie. And so I've really, I just, when I, I can't think of this Nosferatu without thinking of obviously the original, but then also like that movie, which in itself is kind of an adaptation of that. And I just love 
the story because I I just like Dracula in general. Uh, if you'll remember my list from last year, I had not one but two Dracula films on my top ten. Did list. you see the Last um, Voyage of the, the Demeter? Whatever, however you say it. I did. Did you and like I it? I think it. I liked it. I enjoyed. Probably it too. will never watch it again. But I didn't see it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's solid. It's uh, fine. But I think there's just like a there's a like a greater degree of creepiness. I think from the interpretation of Nosferatu um, that I think has just been done really, really well on film. And so I, I think the bar is set really high for me. And I think Eggers is absolutely going to knock it out of the park. I can't believe it. Yeah. This movie just is like, this is the one for the fellows right here. Like, this is it. <laughs> this is, and it's on Christmas day too. Like, this is great. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> one of my favorite parts about it. It's so good. Like, no, this is a Christmas movie. Scream. Yeah, it takes place at Christmas, actually. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those fraud too. Like, I don't know. It's a Robert Eggers Nose Fraud too movie. Like, that's, that's awesome. Like, that's just, just so cool. Um, I think from there, Colin, we're going to move to your number two next. Perfect. So my main question for you and the listeners is, what do you know about Helm Hammerhand? Absolutely nothing. Continue. Well, uh, when we do our 2025 pod, that answer will hopefully be different. So uh, my number two is going to be The Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim, Hero, which is an animated movie that is, even as far as like deep, lord of the rings lore goes this is like a pretty deep cut within the appendices of of the books uh but basically this is the story of how helm's deep which is the big battle in the the two towers um kind of gets its name and gets its status and it's going to be animated it has i believe only one returning cast member from the original uh three movies but it's set kind of within that universe and so uh eowyn miranda otto is is narrating this movie brian cox plays the protagonist helm hammerhand who's basically just trying to defend helm's deep from from all the evil other men in middle earth and i think it'll be cool it's nice to see another corner of middle earth explored i think bringing it into animation brings a lot of potential um i really like the old rankin and bass lord of the rings uh animations which is going to be a much different style but I think it's cool to find a new way to re-explore this without just outright remaking it or making a fourth Hobbit movie. So, I'm I'm curious. You know, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings person. Not that I like the movies or like the original trilogy a lot. I'm just not like a huge like read the books, don't understand all the lore kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm very curious what this is because I know like obviously there's the TV show on prime but like it seems like lord of the rings is very much trying to they're trying to expand that into more things so i'm very we'll see what i'm very curious what this becomes yeah i obviously love 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 the lord of the rings movies um and i would say i'm cautiously optimistic about this like i think animation like colin said is a really interesting direction to take this series into. Um, even if it's, you know, just like the one-off with this, which is what I'm assuming it's going to be. But uh, yeah, it just, 
you know, there's there's a lot of I feel like this world that Tolkien created that's still left to explore. Um, and I'm interested to see yeah different different approaches to it, and I hope it's great. Like I'm I'm like I said, cautiously optimistic. So yeah, the director has yeah, done a lot of um, a lot of anime animation before mm-hmm. this so i'm curious if they will do they, they'll try to like it won't be a, a spider-verse situation probably but if they try to like blend like work with like different kind of animation styles in this or at least just do something that's really cool so but i think from there colin i'm gonna get i'm gonna save your number one for last because i know th- that franchise is very important to you and i'll let you have your moment but i think we're gonna it's madam webb but i think first we're gonna do a movie that is on all of our lists it's colin's number five it is both spencer and i's number one and that is furiosa a star wars story or whatever what's the (laughs) what's the colon what's the colon title a mad max saga um yeah furiosa this trailer rules i I'm I'm just a man. I like when dusty people in the Australian outback are crazy in a George Miller movie. Um, yeah, this movie looks awesome. I all the people complaining about the CGI. I hear you, and I do not care at all. This movie <laughs> this movie is gonna be great. And Chris Hemsworth is a crazy man with a fake nose, and that's great. So this movie. I don't know. I feel like I levitated out of my body when I watched this trailer for the first time, and then I watched it ten more times, so it just looks like it's gonna rule, and I'm just... I'm here. It's my number one. Yeah, so... um, I'm gonna make a bold claim right now. In my opinion, Mad Max Fury Road is the best film of the 21st century. Let's go, baby! (laughs) I absolutely love the movie. I, like... I have a Mad Max Fury Road poster on my wall in my living room. I could not be more excited for this movie. This movie would be my number one any year. No matter what is coming out that year, this would be my number one. Like, um, the Mad Max series is a series that I, like, weirdly kind of grew up watching, even when it was, like, <laughs> there was stuff in it that was very disturbing, and I was too young to be watching, like, The Road Warrior, which is, like something that rhymes with grape in it and uh it's it i i also love thunderdome growing up i even loved the first mad max movie which is a totally different pace than everything else uh and i just trust george miller like to make something truly amazing i know that with fury road he like wrote enough like material for like three different movies i read so i'm sure that we're gonna see a lot of kind of that uh, the way that Fury Road is absolutely just bursting with ideas in every single frame. Like there are corners of the frame that have more ideas in Fury Road than like entire scenes of other movies where, you know, the per- he, they're shifting a gear with somebody's femur as the, as the shifter. There's so many just like incredible details in his movies and him bringing Anya Taylor-Joy, who is like one of 
my favorite actresses who I'm really excited of what she's like whenever she's working on something new as the lead role is amazing. Not watching this trailer has honestly been the hardest trailer I've ever not been <laughs> oh my able God. to watch. I've, I've watched it like 50 times. <laughs> dying, yeah. And I saw like the poster, which is this just insanely gorgeous image of like this really like gold um, like backdrop and her her in like gold and her Furiosa get up where she's all bald and you're like, that's Anya Taylor-Joy. That's so crazy. She looks so different. And just knowing, you know, that... Chris Hemsworth is playing like this grotesque villain, probably. I just cannot wait for this movie. I'm so excited. So, so excited for this. There's one shot in the trailer where like she is like all in shadow, except for like a line going across her eyes. And like you can just see her uh, eyes. And uh, I like I shed a tear and it turned into a <laughs> flamethrower. It was so it was so beautiful. <laughs> like I, I'm just like George Miller, he, he like, like these ideas have just been in his head for years, and I just I love it all. I again, I just love this weird, dusty world, and it makes me so happy to that we're in it again. Can I say, can I say one more thing? Um, so I am like right now, my my wedding is may 25th of this year <laughs> furiosa comes out on may 24th let's go and I baby flat out told i flat out told uh kindred i was like we might have to delay the wedding you know like, after the rehearsal dinner happening. after the rehearsal dinner you all instead of going out to bars We're married you go up to the... in the mountains so i'm i'm tell her i told her i'm going down friday i'm not going down thursday <laughs> watching <laughs> mad or furiosa a mad max saga listen you got your priority okay. straight and i respect that <laughs> yeah yeah i told her I have to watch this movie. I'm dying to watch it. So, yeah. I think by not watching the trailer, you're missing out on some of my favorite line readings I've ever heard from Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> Just right up there with like Matt Berry. And I think like I think Hemsworth doesn't get enough credit for how funny of an actor he is. Yep. Like even movies that I think are terrible. Like the 2016 Ghostbusters, Hemsworth is hilarious in that movie. And like even like you look at what he's kind of done with Thor, even things like Bad Times at the El Royale, even another movie that I really don't like, like Men in Black International. I think he's just a funny guy. And I think they're like really kind of letting him play up on that a little bit while also being just this grimy, like dirty, twisted Mad Max villain, which I think is going to be phenomenal. Um, Kind of. Like, I, I don't know if I'd call it the best movie of the 21st century, but it certainly is one of the best action movies of the 21st century. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road is. So I'm excited to see just more of that world. Um, I'll echo all the praises you guys gave it on top of that as well. Like, it just, it looks like a real movie. Um, I really loved George Miller's last movie, 3,000 Years of Longing. So I'm Same. excited to see him, see him again, just, just doing stuff. The director of Happy Feet is just out here <laughs> making magic. I just can't wait to go once again to the church of Tom Holkenberg and just have my eardrums blasted out by that score. I am just, I just, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. Furiosa, I am prepared for you. I'm gonna watch the trailer like a hundred more times before the movie comes out <laughs> next year. Um, <laughs> so with that, Colin, we will get to your number one movie. Cool. So I have not just a 
strong suspicion, but pretty much like a strong confirmation that if Brandon were here, may he rest in peace. Uh, this would also be his number one favorite movie of the year. He's alive for the record cute. for everyone listening out there. Just want to put that, put, make that straight. Uh, but that is Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. So War for the Planet of the Apes came out in 2017. It's been a while. I thought this franchise was pretty much done because um, War made quite a bit less than Dawn. Um, but then this movie kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I don't know if I knew that Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes was as far along as it was until the trailer came out. And I was like, wait, this is real. Um, but I'm excited to see the franchise just kind of come back. I love the last three. I love all the Planet of the Apes movies, even the terrible ones where they're going back in time and the apes are drinking wine in a bathtub. Terrible. Like... <laughs> that, Escape from the Planet of the Apes is awesome. <laughs> That's not terrible. I love Listen, that. Listen, I, I said I loved them. <laughs> uh, but this yeah, is okay. this is one of my favorite franchises. Um, I think it's it's a lot more mature than some of the other big blockbusters. Um, I think a very strong argument could be made that some of the best motion capture we've ever seen, like some of the best CGI ever, is still in even, you know, a 10-year-old movie like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I think I think Maurice the Orangutan is the best looking any like motion capture thing has ever been. Uh, that's a hill I'm willing to die on. He's just a beautiful monkey. um but i'm i'm excited to see them kind of take this in a new direction they're they're jumping it forward in time in time like two or three hundred years um they're gonna kind of get into the different ape classes that were in those original five movies which i think you know opens up a lot new territory it looks like we're finally almost fully leaving the the human protagonist behind it looks like there's still some kind of human sidekick in the movie but really just kind of relying on the apes and so i i have really high hopes i love this franchise i'm excited to see what direction they take it in i'm a little nervous because it is disney kind of taking the reins now uh west ball i'm not 100 percent confident in but i am confident in this franchise as a whole um i actually really like the guy they got to compose the score for it and that's john paisano who uh, most recently has done like the Marvel Spider-Man games. He did the the Daredevil mm. score. So I really like him just from a musical standpoint. Uh, I love apes. Give me more monkeys. That's that's my final <laughs> thought. May twenty fourth is a big is a big weekend because we have this and Furiosa and oh. Spencer is gonna skip his wedding for the Garfield movie that weekend <laughs> there's no way some of those don't move yeah it seems weird right like especially with this being like a slightly like i don't know leaner year you would think that they would move stuff around yeah but yeah i don't know i'm shocked that the garfield movie isn't on anybody's lists <laughs> i think it's interesting that they gave kingdom of the planet of the apes that weekend though because i wouldn't and i think deadpool 3 originally had it um I wouldn't have pegged this to be the movie they were kind of staking their summer on, but that gives me hope that they have a lot of faith in it, which just makes me happy because I love I love watching the apes succeed. Yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for this movie. This movie is an honorable mention for me, and Wes Ball is a director I'm curious about because he did all those Maze Runner movies, which I think yeah. are 
I don't know. They're they're mid. I don't know. But there's like really good action sequences in those movies. And so that makes me wonder if he's just like a good director who needs a good script. And like those were just like mm-hmm. YA novels that were kind of like the, like the stories for those weren't amazing anyway. Um, Cause there's like one train sequence in like the third one. What is that? I don't even remember what that movie's called. Maze Runner three, but there's this train sequence in it. That's really good. And I was like, Oh, this guy's a good action director. Um, so can you imagine if one of us would have been like, Oh, and then said the title. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. Wait, uh, what, what? I the... think I've only seen the second one, and I can't remember what that That one's, one's The called. Scorch Trials. I, don't, I, don't, I remember that one for some reason. Scorch Trials. What is this of movie? It oh, is. it's it's The Death Cure. That's what the third one's called. I saw that movie in theaters. Oh, 2018. God. That was a wild time. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, th- I think there's like, there's something there with West Ball. Uh, being a good director but you know matt reeves isn't attached to this so that has my doubts because i think he's very good at working within properties and delivering good movies so um but yeah i do i do like a a lot of these movies so i will be there i'm hopeful as well about this movie um i also do have a a a soft spot for the planet of the apes movies like i grew up with the old like well it started off as charlton heston movies and then evolved into much weirder and crazy things like people worshiping bombs and apes going back in time and all this like i (laughs) i really love the the original five movies like colin was saying um but yeah the 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 matt reeves trilogy i guess the first one wasn't matt reeves of the of the caesar trilogy or whatever you want to call it they're awesome movies um the reason why this isn't on my list is uh is the whole west ball of it all because <laughs> yeah he did the maze runner movies but he's also gonna be doing the new zelda movie which maybe makes me think that they they're optimistic about what he's done here like i i don't know like i'm just i'm curious about this movie and i i hope it's great because i i'm a big fan of the watching monkeys do monkey things and you know at times beat the shit out of people and just be silly generally so yeah i'm excited (laughs) yeah so west ball either our next great action director or next corporate studio hack we'll see yep yep (laughs) time will tell (laughs) colin any other thoughts on your number one movie monkeys man i'm excited this that's a good take i like it i didn't know that this movie existed until i saw the trailer and it's just captivated me since then that uh since spencer doesn't watch the trailer there's a shot in the trailer where one of the monkeys is looking through a telescope and it's just beautiful i feel (laughs) the same way that nick did watching that shadow shot of furios (laughs) (laughs) all right so with that i think since we kind of jumped around again why don't we kind of double back and read off all of our lists so colin why don't you go from 10 to 1 yeah by the so way are we gonna do my... honorable mentions we're gonna get to those don't worry okay cool 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 i have Shyamalan takes we we will get there <laughs> cool, cool, cool. you mean <laughs> untitled Shyamalan takes no <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh yeah so I'll, I'll start from my my number 10 you just want me to go all the way down yep sounds great you're doing great cool so my number 10 is mean girls 2024 
Then we have number nine, Drive Away Dolls. Number eight, Mickey 17, which I did remember the name of this time. Number seven, <laughs> The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Number six, Dune Part Two. And number five, Furiosa. Four, Nosferatu. Three, Deadpool Three. Two, The War of the Rohirrim. And number one, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. For a second, I thought you were going to do like Mean Girls 2004. At the beginning of that list, which uh, that would be a choice. To watch the Blu-ray. Yeah, uh, that sounds like a great way to spend your time, <laughs> Spencer. Let's re- let's go through your list. Okay, so um, my number ten is going to be Gladiator Two. Number nine, Polaris. Number eight, Alien Romulus. Number seven, Dune Part Two. Number six, I saw the TV glow. Number five, Love Lies Bleeding. Number four megalopolis number three mickey 17 number two nosferatu and number one furiosa love it and we'll do my list too so my number 10 is civil war nine is blitz eight is dune two seven is wolves everyone's favorite movie six uh Mm -hmm. nosferatu five polaris four love lies bleeding three mickey 17 two megalopolis and number one furiosa i feel good about those those are three damn good lists if you ask me um so before we get out of here we have there there believe it or not there are more than 10 movies coming out this year if you can believe it with all the strikes (laughs) um but i will put it to you first colin are there any other movies that we didn't mention here that you are you have your eye on so i have one that I'm not quite sure if it counts, uh, and that's actually one that comes out this week that's going to be The Book of Clarence, which is, I mean, Lakeith Stanfield's another one of those guys that, like, if you put him in a movie, I'm in. Like, I will watch it. I don't care what it is. Um, I don't think I heard about this movie until last week, and then I saw that it was coming out this week, and I was like, what the hell? Uh, But basically... It takes place uh, back during Jesus's ministry, and Lakeith plays a character who wants to become powerful by joining the ministry, and then like figuring out how to do miracles and that kind of stuff on his own. Hmm. So uh, that one is definitely up there for me, just because it seems just like kind of an out there premise. And again, it's Lakeith. I will sign up for anything uh, that he wants to do. Uh, I think Ballerina's probably going to be another one on my list, uh, assuming that still comes out this year. And that's another one that we still don't know just a ton about, other than it's a young, like, it's it's set, I believe, in between John Wick 3 and 4, and it follows Ana de Armas's ballerina character kind of working for the, the Ruska Roma. Uh, but I think, really, those are my my top two. Uh, most anticipated that I didn't have on the list. How about you, Spencer? Okay, so we already talked about Civil War, which I'm excited for. Um, Challengers, the new Luca Guadagnino movie, that's one that I'm excited for. I really like him as a filmmaker. Um, Twisters is on my most anticipated list. From, just from because, Lee Isaac Chung, baby. Yeah, just because <laughs> it's Lee Isaac Chung. Uh, that, like, immediately made it a movie that i was pretty pretty pumped for just because we love minari on this podcast um and then cuckoo which is directed by toman singer who made this really oh cool, yeah small i'm excited for this Blues. movie 
yeah, this one sounds really, really interesting and probably going to be pretty freaky as well, which I'm a fan of the freaky stuff. Um, okay, and then I have two kind of bold. Um, they might not happen this year, so I want to have them like out there just in case they do get released this year, especially because one I know starts shooting pretty soon, um, and that is Weapons, which oh. is the new film from Zach Krieger. Uh, it starts shooting, I think, next hey. month, which means I think that it could uh, it could potentially be late in the year release. Um, and the hype around this movie, I feel like with everything that went down with the script and the bidding war that ensued, like Jordan Peele ended up like firing his manager because they dropped out of the bidding war and finding new management because he was so mad that they didn't get to make this movie and help make the movie. Um, I cannot wait for this movie. Like the people are describing it as like Magnolia's script, but in a horror film. I'm Let's go. Like, I give it to me right now. Yeah, I <laughs> loved Barbarian. It was incredible. Cannot wait. And then kind of on the same note, the second one is the untitled Jordan Peele film. Um, it, it's got like, I guess, unslated, but it was originally supposed to come out on Christmas Day as well. Um, we'll see if it hits that. I just can't not have the Jordan Peele, new Jordan Peele movie on my list in case it does come out this year. So yeah, I hope that happens because I saw the quotes where he was like, this is probably going to be my best movie if I do it right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm like, well, (laughs) now I have to have it. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's like the KG from Uncut Gems. Like, why would you show me if I can't have it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I have a bunch to run through here. We, we have two Shyamalan movies this year, one from M night, and then one from his daughter, Ashana. Daughter, yeah. Um, uh, apparently, M. Night's is called Trap. Or that's what it's being called right now. And then uh, Ashana's is The Watchers. So we'll see if nepotism works out. Who's to say? <laughs> Go nepotism. <laughs> Yay. If, hey, if it works out, I'm fine with it. You know, it brought us Sofia Coppola. So that's okay. <laughs> um, there's a Speak no, Speak no Evil English remake coming out this year. Which is, uh, I think, a, f- a favorite of you and mine, mine Spencer, right? But just a very we, incredibly, we un- incredibly uncomfortable movie <laughs> uh, that played at Sundance a few years ago. That yeah, we um, love just feeling like absolute shit. Nick. <laughs> that's, like, that's what it comes down to: is we just love when movies leave us just feeling god awful. It's the best. You know, the the ending of this movie is just a real uplifter. Yep. <laughs> so um yeah that movie made me incredibly uncomfortable so i'm really curious what, what the the new one is um so how do we feel about mufasa the lion king <laughs> barry jenkins is directing it yeah it's i don't know man just, i can't bring myself to to be dreading it because it's barry jenkins if that yeah. answers your question worst case scenario he gets the bag so he can go off and do yes 10 Barry yes. Jenkins movies. So it could be just a necessary evil. And also, I'm I don't know. Positive, yeah. A Lion King movie, but Barry Jenkins, I th- there must be some kind of interesting take to it. I, I hope so. I don't know. He's also writing a movie. It's called Flint Strong. I don't really know much about it, but he wrote a movie that's coming out this year. So we'll see. We'll see where that is. Um, Maxine. You know, yes, that, me, would, that almost made my list. Mia Goth continues to be a sicko, and I continue to thank her. Um, <laughs> so, the the third and the the slasher trilogy from Ty West, 
Um, so I think, mm-hmm. I think apparently this one takes place in like 1980s porn. So good for them. And it's Giallo inspired, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Also about you. has a stacked cast. Yeah, definitely. I don't know about you guys, but between Civil War and then Joker Two and Horizon and American Saga in an election year, it feels right. It feels right to me. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any takes on the Horizon movies? Because there's two of them coming out this year. Kevin Costner just out uh, here, just like bankrolling all of these, like Frank, like but like Coppola. Uh, uh, I'm gonna be honest. I don't even know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking. What I'm talking about. So there's no. Yeah. <laughs> so there are Kevin Costner privately funded. Well, I think what is supposed to turn into many movies if this works out. But there are there are. It's called Horizon and American Saga, and there is part one and two coming out this year. One what? is coming out in July, I think, and the next one is coming out in August, or it might be June and August. But there's two movies from Kevin Costner, two westerns, that are coming out this year, which I think is like it takes place in like the West post Civil War or something like that. They have so like a, who's in? I think the, the first one is pre Civil War, and the second one is post Civil War, if I remember right. Yeah, so he's just I think like Jenna Malone is in these movies. Oh. Sienna Miller. I'm looking at the cast right now. Sam Worthington. Let's go, baby. Hey. Love it. Um, Glenn Turman is in these movies. Michael Rooker, Giovanni Ribisi, Will Patton, Thomas wow. Hayden, Thomas Hayden Church, Luke Wilson. Holy cow! Danny so Houston's in there. Movie. This is actually happening. These are things that are happening. <laughs> okay. If, all right. I had not heard of this at all. Yeah. If I remember correctly, he basically spent every cent he's earned from uh, Yellowstone yeah this together well I think <laughs> because he's like off of Yellowstone now I don't watch Yellowstone but I know everyone's uncle does um but he was like no I want to go out and film these and they wouldn't let him out of his contract so they he was like all right well I'm just out so I don't know we're getting at least two of these and apparently he's trying to make more of them if these work out so this is his passion project holy cow yeah we'll see we will see um inside out too anybody my hawk is an anxiety that seems right i don't mm. like that pete doctor's not, not directing it and i get that he's in charge of pixar now but it just doesn't sit well with me yeah i don't have much faith in this one i'm sorry yeah i, I hope it's good I hope me it's too good. pixar recently has kind of been letting me down so. yeah if they bring back Bing bong, then I'm gonna riot. Is all I have to say. Oh, you can't dude. you can't bring that back and yeah. like open up that wound again. Yeah. Um, I have a few more here. We have apparently the last movie from Paul Schrader coming out this year. Oh, Canada. Um, I know Spencer, you're a Schrader head as I am. I'm a huge Schrader head. And yeah. apparently, this is being compared to Mishima. So. Oh. And it's like okay. a similar style. So. We'll see. Oh yeah, that Let's sounds do. awesome. Um, Hitman, the Richard Linklater movie. Uh huh. Um, I'm excited. Spaceman, the Adam Sandler movie. Which, <laughs> listen, when he works with a real director, it's typically a good movie. Who's directing that again? I I did see that when I was looking. Um, I forget the name, but he has directed a lot of like HBO series. Um, Johan Rank, I think that's how you say his name. I think maybe. Um, Paul Dano and Carrie Mulligan are in it too. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, he directed a lot of Chernobyl, 
Um, yes, that's right. I was I was looking at his filmography when I was so this list. It's not. There's no Kevin James here, so that makes me when yeah. that's when there's it's a Sandler no movie, Rob but there's Schneider. no but there's no Schneider or Kevin James. I'm very much <laughs> looking forward to it. Um, and then a couple here, the People's Joker. I'm excited for that. I don't know if you yeah. all know about that one, the copyrighted uh-huh. movie that is apparently coming out and it is like a a lampoon of Joker. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have the Bike Riders, which is like. I don't know. It's Tom Hardy and Austin Butler in a biker movie. That's that's just like inject that into my veins. Um, and the last one is the new David Cronenberg movie, The Shrouds. Um, I loved Crimes okay. of the Future. Another movie I didn't know about. Um, and apparently this is coming out this year. So hell yeah, I love, we love David Cronenberg. We do, and I feel like we had to run it out for all the sickos, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there? Yeah. But yeah, that's all I had. Do you guys have any other movies you're really looking forward to? Garfield, no. Yeah, Garfield, Bob Marley, no, no. One Love. <laughs> <laughs> the thing um, that really bothers me about, I'm going to go on a little rant here, the Bob Marley, One Love. It's probably going to be a decent movie. The director's fine. Um, but, like, the title is, like, so obviously a studio note. Like, they clearly yes. wanted to title the movie just One Love, and they were like, no, you have to put Bob Marley in the title. Because that's how it's going to sell, baby. So now we get Bob Marley, colon, one love. So, so this is great. This, uh, to kind of keep the tangent going for a second, this is actually <laughs> a trailer I've seen. It's for Bob Marley, one love. And um, it's funny. So musical biopics are often like criticized because then in like a post Walkard, the Dewey Cox story, they, yep. the formula is so tired and like, you know they need to figure out a new way to do music biopics the bob marley one love trailer follows the dewey cox (laughs) formula like it starts with him like saying oh where do we start from the beginning it's like then you know he's going to be telling about his whole entire life like before the concert like it's just like i'm so sick of musical biopics dude they're the worst (laughs) i absolutely hate them well speaking of that we get the we get back to black the amy winehouse biopic coming out this year too Oh, great yeah so we'll just have... what we need more musical biopics yes <laughs> amen i think one of my other like guilty pleasure movies is gonna be venom 3 because it's going to be terrible but yep. i'm gonna i'm gonna eat it up it's it's being directed by uh the person who wrote the first two um that's and always such their, a good sign. <laughs> this is their directorial debut. So this movie is going to be a train wreck. I don't think any of the original cast are returning confirmed except for Tom Hardy. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say, yeah, like, is Tom Hardy I, not in this movie? <laughs> I think this movie could be terrible, but I think it's going to be so much fun to go and watch that because the Venom movies are all like a tight hour and a half. So yep. it's like just a nice way to spend an evening and then i'll you know just vibe i had a lot I think of fun movies with... you should be able to just vibe with and forget i had a lot of fun with let there be carnage i'm gonna say that now not a good movie oh but i had God. a great time <laughs> just 90 minutes and that's it it was great <laughs> Nick. um yeah that's the here i am i'm a man of i i've I have many facets to me, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, kill me now. Um, yeah, please. <laughs> Amen. Um, oh, God. Yeah, that's about it. The Fall Guy? No, we're not David Leach people. 
So None of I'm, us are. I'm lukewarm on David Leach because I do like oh. Deadpool too. But yeah, other than that, I do like that Ryan Gosling seems to be playing like making fun of just like actor types in general. So I think that could be fun, but I just hope he's getting the bag and then as he gets closer yeah. to gets closer to Someone fifty, to he starts save. working with like Paul Thomas Anderson and like he just yeah. goes on a run with other great directors. That's what like I'm Barbie for. was nice to see him in a movie that's like, you know, pretty fun and using him well again. But like I'm Fall Guy, the gray man, I'm like, get away from Ryan Gosling, <laughs> freaks, like leave him alone. <laughs> Yeah, I think that about wraps it up, though. Unless you guys want to talk about Terrifier 3 for 20 minutes. No? I'm kind of excited for it. That's it. <laughs> I didn't see Terrifier 2. I saw it was two and a half hours long, and I was like, nope, not going to yeah, do it's, it. It's too long. For sure. <laughs> Crazy movie. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us here. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure previewing the 2024 slate with you. Um, but yeah, that's the podcast. If You, you can check out all of our work on moviebabble.com i guess we've we're gonna have a coppola podcast at some point this year we've, we've, we've yeah. established Let's that do it. and fuck it apes we'll do we'll, i was gonna say we'll do an apes pod too so oh, yeah. we'll be back talking about something else sometime soon um but yeah until then i'm gonna be watching the furiosa trailer again so we'll see you guys next time